0: Listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Switzer and Craig Boschman.
1: It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Ryan Switzer along with Craig Boschman recording this literally as the team is off the bus from a uh, two-game stint in Manitoba. All-night rip home from Winnipeg and uh, here right afterwards, uh, Craig Beauchemin. How many uh, cups of coffee you go through today, man?
2: I think it's been, uh, man, I, I had at least two. Uh, when I got home right away, and then went to some local establishments to get some more. So, running on uh, running on fumes right now, but it's good. It was a it was a good bus ride home, sleep wise for me. I don't know about anybody else, but I slept like a rock the whole way home. So I'm feeling all right. I'm looking forward to a good sleep in my own bed tonight before getting ready for the game against Moose Jaw on Friday. But uh, can't complain about the uh, the drive home.
1: Yeah, uh, on the Broncos this week podcast uh, for this week's edition, Devin Pratt, of course, will be joining us. Our interim head coach. He'll uh, break down the trip in Manitoba and. And our feature guest is going to be Rylan not Thiessen <laughs> but Thiessen joining us for a chat he's one of the Swift current Bronco 20 year olds a defenseman who's been providing some uh, leadership uh, the Broncos just home from Manitoba a couple games we'll uh, break this down with uh, with coach Pratt but Bosch from your perspective uh, two games that at least from a scoreboard
2: perspective did not go smoothly yeah it was just tough um, you know the branding game there was just an absolute chaotic start to the second period where the game kind of got flipped around it looked like well the Broncos had a good chance to score and then there was a penalty coming up and the Broncos touched the puck, but play didn't get whistled down and then it went the other way and Brandon scored on a play that was reviewed for a potential kicked-in play and it was just an absolute weird, weird start to the second period and then when that goal did count, things kind of unraveled from there. Two goals, well, it ended up being three goals in just over a minute. So, um, you know, that was a tough one in Brandon. The next night was just penalty trouble. I mean, you give a, you give a team like Winnipeg eight power plays, they're going to they're gonna make you pay and, and they did with four power play goals. So, um, unfortunately... A, a forgettable trip uh, to, to Manitoba uh, in the middle of the week, but uh, hoping that the Broncos now back at the friendly confines of the Innovation Credit Union Iplex can get back on track against a, an old rival in Moose Jaw.
1: Yeah, the Moose Jaw Warriors, it's a, a home and home series. I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Moose Jaw on Saturday, actually. I haven't been to a Bronco road game in a while, so pumped about being able to do that. And then uh, tomorrow night or maybe tonight, as you're hearing this, Friday night game against the Warriors, doing a party night thing where we're welcoming back DJ Tolly T to this his house.
2: The Saskatchewan Rough Riders official DJ is in the house. Uh, he came in the 1920 season. I think it was late in the year that he was mm-hmm. here. I want to say it was February or something like that. But yep. uh, by all accounts, uh, it was it was a highly enjoyable atmosphere when DJ Tolly T was here last time. So uh, we thought, why not bring him back? And it's going to be some great music playing all night long. And uh, Bronco's back on home ice, so hoping for a, a good atmosphere in the rink and also some good results on the ice. You know, and, and, and just before we started talking about DJ Tolly T, you had mentioned
1: uh, a play that was under review for being kicked in in one of the games. And man, I I really got to get caught up with some of the newer rules in the Western <laughs> Hockey League because that game against Winnipeg, there was one goal, and with great athleticism it was redirected into the net by Mikey Millen of the uh, Winnipeg Ice. So w- the official rule is you, you can basically Maradona a puck into the net if you're outside the blue paint, right? Yeah,
2: so you can kick a puck in from outside of the crease and the offside rule changed now, so like, you know, in previous years and in the NHL still, you have to drag your back foot on the ice, so as long as your skate is on the ice, you'll see guys always do that stretch when they cross the blue line, but now in the Western League, you don't have to have your skate on the ice, it's basically the blue line is kind of like a plane and a, and a force field if you want to look mm-hmm. at it that way, and as, and as long as your skate is over top of the blue line even if it's in the air you're still technically on side and so that's what the lengthy review was for with uh, Connor Geeky skate over the blue line which eventually ended up in the back of the net with that nice back foot kick by Michael Milne but uh, kind of a confusing uh, offside rule but I think I'm, I'm guessing the rule change was made to try and keep the offense flowing a little bit more but um, a very lengthy review and unfortunately one that didn't go the Broncos way in that one which was a, a strange moment but a very entertaining game overall but yeah, that offside rule is, is kind of a bit of a difficult one to, to wrap your head around compared to some other ones.
1: Yeah, well, and, and thanks for breaking that down. It's good to know now because it's uh, it's certainly changed a lot. And watching that game against Winnipeg, looking at it on the Jumbotron, it's like, well, there's no way they can call this a goal. And then when they did, then it's like, okay, clearly there's been a rule change somewhere. I missed the memo during you know the, the hub season or whatever. So yes, new rules, exciting game. Now we know for sure. All right, coming up on the Broncos This Week podcast, uh, we're going to have a chat with... With uh, our feature guest, defenseman Ryland Thiessen, but in the much more immediate future, interim head coach Devin Pratt joins us for the Coaches Show on the Broncos This Week podcast.
0: You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original Sixteen. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos.
1: It's the Coaches segment on the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Interim head coach Devin Pratt joining us. Uh, Devin, a lot's happened in uh, Swift Current Bronco land since our last podcast. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll touch on what was a, a pretty good weekend with games against uh, Saskatoon and Winnipeg. But uh, in the much more immediate past, uh, a trip to Manitoba that at least scoreboard-wise wide did uh, did not go smoothly.
3: Yeah, I think for a group, we got to own it. Um on it and you know, move forward. Uh, there's no really other option at this point. It's a part of our story and our fabric, but we got to learn from it. Um, there's no question. I think, you know, the loss in Winnipeg gets magnifies magnifies the loss in Brandon. Um, when you look at Winnipeg, that's a team that's been, um, you know, doing that uh, throughout the season to just put everybody in the league. We've played them hard twice, and, you know, you see other teams are in a 1 1 game and they can lose 7 1 in the third period alone. So they have that high option offense. Um, we liked the start of our game and then we ran into penalty trouble. You know, uh, eight minutes in penalties in the last 13 minutes of the first period. Really kind of put us behind and we just started chasing the game. So I'm proud of the guys. Both both nights, games got away from us early, um, but I thought we didn't really deviate. I didn't see a whole lot of individual play. I thought we kind of maintained uh, working to find a, find our identity, to get back to what makes us successful. So I'm proud of the guys for that. Uh, we stick stuck together um you know there's some physicality there's some fisticuffs there was all that and as a young team we didn't back down so again we're proud of that and you know uh the show uh, the focus shifts whether we had won both games or we had lost the uh, what's next on our plate remains the same and that's preparing to compete and peak performance here against moose joe
2: i think games like that happen every once in a while to just about everybody and i guess a little adversity never never hurt anybody in the long run
3: yeah, I mean, that's part of the unpacking is like, let's look at why it happened and how it happened, and then let's learn and grow from it. And we got to embrace that growth mindset. Um, you know, as a group, we're still in the mix of where our goals are and where we want to be um we're getting into that 20 game mark quarter of the season so we you know if we need to find positives we can just look at that um and the home stretch we had just coming off um and the success we had and now it's the challenges. let's find that uh that performance and that standard on the road as well so um yeah, let's learn, let's grow, let's move forward and let's prepare to compete.
1: Yeah, and you know what, there was certainly a great feeling about uh, the direction that this team is headed after this last home stand. You know, you guys had a, a solid six game culminating with uh, with two really good outings against two of Canada's top teams. You, you must have liked your effort this past weekend.
3: Yeah, there's no question. I thought uh, we played a great team game. Um, 200 foot and for 60 minutes. And when we do that, we believe that that process leads us to sous Um, opportunities at success and I think that's our kind of focus even this weekend going in isn't we're not caught up in the results we're not caught up in whether we win or lose I'm more focused on are we playing in a spirited way are we competing and are we doing things right within our identity for 60 minutes and if we do that like I say um, you know pushing Winnipeg to the brink there um, on Friday night and then having a great effort on Saturday against Saskatoon um, you know those are two things we got to be proud of and build off and move forward and Um, Yeah, short memory. Short memory when things are good, short memory when things are bad. And I reiterate to our guys all the time that you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are. But you're somewhere in the middle and finding that even keel and just embracing the grind that this league can be. We're busy. We have a busy stretch here uh, right in through till Christmas. Uh, But that's good. Let's embrace it. Let's learn and let's continue to improve.
2: You and I talked about this before the game in Brandon, but I think it's only fair to talk about Isaac Poulter again with his uh, 100th game on Saturday Gets the shot out against Saskatoon, ninth goalie in franchise history to hit 100 games and just a a perfect evening for him on Saturday to to get that milestone in that fashion.
3: Yeah, class citizen um, here and just a a high character player, uh, very important in our dressing room and with our group and uh, his performance has been really solid all year long for us. So, uh, you know, I think he himself will be a little disappointed in his performance in Brandon, uh, but those are going to happen as well. And to look back on the Saturday night here Uh, you know it was nice to be able to have things line up in the schedule where he played his 100th game here at home Uh, he played a great game he was the calm in the water when uh, things got a little rough and around our net with scoring opportunities he was always there and uh, to see him get a a, a second shot out of his career and in this season um, for what he's gone through for this organization special moment and really I love how our our team embraced it Uh, I love how our team has celebrated it with him and enjoyed that moment uh, after the game
1: yeah for sure uh, he, he has been a great citizen for, for this community and for this team no doubt about that you touched on this weekend's opposition uh, home and home those home and homes are always tough and uh, you got one against uh, the Moose Jaw Warriors what do you know about the Moose Jaw squad this year
3: Yeah, Moose Jaw's a solid team. Um, You know, they have offense, they got strong defense, and they've had quality goaltending. So they find themselves in a similar situation standings-wise to we are, and that just kind of magnifies the weekend, especially when there's two of them uh, head-to-head. So the first two times we'll match up here in the season, and uh, I think it's important for us just to be focused on puck drop and establishing our game, our identity, and our process. And like I've said, when we do that, uh, we feel we can have success against anybody and give ourselves that opportunity. So Um, you know we respect the opponent we know what they're going to have coming in we'll go through our preparation Uh, we'll be detailed in it and the guys will be aware and then it's just going out and executing
1: well Devin, thank you very much for making your way down to this end of the rink and uh, and joining us for the coaches segment on broncos this week best of luck this weekend man
3: thank
0: you very much you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16. The official beer of the Swift-Current Broncos. It's the Broncos
1: This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Our feature guest, one of three 20-year-olds on the squad, Ryland Thiessen, joining us. Uh, Ryland, just back from a Manitoba trip. I know the, the result on the scoreboard probably wasn't what you were looking for, but for a uh, for Brandon kid, I imagine it's probably nice to get back to the 204 and see some friends and family, eh?
4: Yeah, it was nice for sure. Obviously, getting back to see family. It's always nice playing in the home arena. Um Obviously, not the outcome we wanted, but uh, for me personally, it's always nice to go back to hometown, see family play in front of all the loved ones, and uh, yeah, it was a good time for sure.
2: And they loaded you up with treats you were handing out the sweets on the bus afterwards. Uh, I'm sure your mom is so excited or your family said decided to make these things for you and be able to share them with your teammates too.
4: Yeah, it's usually my grandma's uh, ritual to send home some brownies and stuff, so the guys seemed to love them, and that was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, grandma always knows best when it, uh, when it comes to cooking, so uh, playing in the Western League uh, for the Brandon Wheat Kings, being a Brandon kid, I imagine that was probably an awesome experience for you to get your career going, eh?
4: Yeah, it was. Obviously, when I started with Lethbridge, and then the trade came about I was uh, not sure to think of the start but you can never be mad going to your hometown and uh, it was a lifelong dream of mine for sure to play for the Week Kings and it was pretty awesome last year in the hub winning that with uh, my hometown team.
2: What do you remember about going to Week Kings games as a kid? I'm assuming you went to a lot of them. Uh, was there some players that kind of stuck out to you as guys you really enjoyed watching when you were younger?
4: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, uh, early on, like Calvert-Shen Memorial Cup run is big. And then we had billets for 15 years. So uh, when they won the championship, we had the captain-air camps. And I still talk to him every day. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of my biggest idols. And just being around, uh, following what he does was big for me.
1: Yeah, so you uh, you played in Lethbridge and then you got traded to Brandon. If there's one thing I and maybe you didn't even notice this when you played in Lethbridge, but there is a group of fans there that know how to chirp. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Did you? Uh, what was it like for you, kind of experiencing both
4: ends of that? And and did they ever like light you up when you came back as a Wheat King? Uh, I've only been there once since then as a Wheat King, but uh, no, not really at all. We actually <laughs> had a good game against them. We got, came out with the win, so that was nice. But no, there is a fan. That, there is a couple. Sections get pretty rowdy. The college, university guys from around Lethbridge come out to games, and even when I wasn't playing, Lethbridge in the stands, so we're over top, and you can see down, and they're like they're banging on the glass. One time, they even were banging so hard on the glass, the glass fell out <laughs> mid-fight. So. Yeah, it gets pretty rowdy on there, but they have one of the best fan blasts in the league for sure.
2: You were a pretty prolific score at the U18 level with the Wheat Kings uh, getting listed eventually by Leftbridge. I'm guessing it was always a goal year to play in the Western League, whether it was the brand or otherwise. But when you didn't get drafted in the WHL, I mean, how much did it kind of just push you to want to play better at the U18 level to get noticed by some WHL teams?
4: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, it's uh, everyone looks to get drafted, but there's definitely uh, more routes than one to get to this level. And when uh, uh, I didn't get drafted is... Kept pushing. Uh, it was actually my second year in the midget league when I had my breakout year as defense partner with Damon Hunt, who ended up captain of Moose Jaw. So that helped me a lot. And then just getting noticed uh, around the league and the MJ and the WHL getting listed obviously helped a lot. And then I went back for my 18 year old year or 17 year old year in the midget as well. had a good year, won the championship with Richie, who's my, my best buddy that I played in Brandon with. And, uh, yeah, obviously it helped a lot. Yeah, and, uh, you know, your Western Hockey League career, you talked about you, you've you played in uh,
1: Lethbridge and Brandon, winding down your career in Swift Current now. But uh, during the, uh, the COVID times, also a very, very brief stint in Flin Flon, mm-hmm. which you often hear about playing in the Whitney Forum and the culture there and everything. What was it like to to, to dip your toe in those waters, so to speak?
4: Yeah, i would say that's probably one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my junior career so far. Uh, my best buddy, all-time best buddy from back home, is mason caspik and that's he plays in flin Flon, so uh going up there to play with him was pretty cool again one last kick at the can to uh, be a part of a team with him and then yeah the whitney forum it was still COVID, so the kind of full capacity but it would have been nice to see the zoo go to work uh, as it's known for its good crowds and pretty rowdy uh throughout the game I'm looking at the
2: box score of the one game you played in Flint Flon. Uh, Things got a little crazy there in the third period. Five (laughs) fights in the same stoppage. What the heck happened there?
4: Yeah, uh, I don't even really remember how it broke out. Uh, We had a a tough home opener. I know we were down. I'm not sure what the score was. I think it was six or eight to two or something like that. But uh, there was a little scrum in the corner and one fight broke out and then led to another goalie started getting into it so I grabbed the goalie just pulled him out a bit and then this young guy came around and auto shed me so then I had to break into a, my first junior fight and yeah one after another there's five of us all in the room after the game.
1: What's it uh, what was it like heading into this year I mean obviously you know with with the numbers game in the Western Hockey League we had to say goodbye to uh, you know a really good kid and a good hockey player Naden Bullich to cut down to the number of 20 year olds you know how 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 relieved are you to be playing in the Western Hockey League? You know, I imagine it's been pretty stressful.
4: You know, COVID heading into your 20-year-old season. It uh, it must be nice to have a gig here, eh? Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, when I got traded here, I wasn't sure what to expect. I knew they had four, maybe five 20-year-olds coming back. So I wasn't sure if I had a spot for sure. But I was just ready to come out, give them my all, uh, show the coaches what I got. And, uh, yeah, obviously it worked out in my favor. Aiden was... Open me, like he was so nice when I came. Him, Polts, Negs, all those guys. Honestly, I was here for whatever a month with Bully, and that was probably one of the hardest goodbyes I've ever had mm. in the Western Hockey League. Uh, it sucks to see him go, but for myself personally, obviously, playing whatever 66, 20 year olds in the league uh gotta be pretty proud of that and no, i'm excited to be here
2: uh you mentioned you were in the hub with the Brandon Weekings last year you guys won that east division title i think everyone had a different experience in the hub um for you how was your stint uh, at the university of regina <laughs>
4: uh living wise it was all right uh <laughs> i know brandon got treated a little bit better than some teams we got to order out quite a bit uh we were living in a little fourplex, which was nice two bathrooms each kitchen everything so it's pretty play uh planned out pretty well in the living side of it and then hockey side is pretty good uh obviously didn't play in every game because we had such a veteran decor and brandon had to get the young guys in but uh, I was happy with how it went and we were winning so can't be too mad about that yeah a unique
1: experience for sure so you you get traded uh, in the offseason to swift Currents. I, I believe it was early june when mm-hmm. you would have got the call yeah. what were you doing at the time and uh, and oh. did you see it coming
4: uh well i was actually just finished to work out and then i got home sitting in my bed and got a call from doug jasper the weekings general manager and he just said he found a place for me to go um he said it was swift current and once again, you're never sure what to expect. Obviously, you just got traded from your hometown. so. But oh uh, yeah, I was just happy I got somewhere to play. Uh, I think we had six 20-year-olds coming back or something in Brandon. So we all kind of knew something was going to happen. I might have been on the lower end of the stick, uh, only being there for a year or so. So I knew something might be coming. And I'm just happy they found a place for me to play.
2: You picked up one goal last year, and it came against the Broncos and Isaac Folter. How often do you, <laughs> you remind him of that?
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's definitely been a couple times. Uh, I had another on Bernie's first call. I came down, Wardo gave it to me the slot, and it was an offside one timer. Same way I scored on him for my first goal. So, I made sure I let him know then for sure and yeah, he's heard about it a couple of times. <laughs> you know, let's talk about your role with this team. You're
1: a 20-year-old D-man coming in on a team that's obviously building for the future. Uh what kind of a presence are you in the room with this uh, with this young squad?
4: Yeah, obviously, I always take pride in my leadership. Um just being talkative, helping guys out when they need to hear stuff and if they need help with anything. Um, I just um, always like being a big leader on and off the ice. Uh, Obviously, I've kind of found my role with McGinley, playing against other teams' top lines and kind of just showing the young guys uh, how to play night in, night out and uh, taking the leadership role.
2: Well, and speaking of the young guys, what do you see out of this group? I know there's there's so much potential with these guys here and um, you know, you won't be here to see the apex of that but when you look at these guys, what do you see from this group of young players in that locker room?
4: Yeah, it's uh, obviously a really highly skilled room. Uh, sucks that I'm 20-year-old this year and can't <laughs> keep going on but no, this, uh, this organization has a very bright future I think. In the next uh, two to three years, I think they'll be Definitely making a big push for the championship, and I'm excited for them. Yeah, for you
1: personally, I mean, obviously you have some goals to finish your Western Hockey League career strong. Have you thought much about the future and uh, and what
4: comes after? Uh, obviously a little bit. Um, still early in the year, only 20 games in. So trying to think about it too much, but it's always in the back of your head a bit. Uh, obviously a youth sport, keep playing hockey would be nice, continue my schooling. And that'd be good, but obviously, if I got a chance, go pro. I definitely look at that route, and uh, yeah, just ready for whatever comes to whatever happens.
2: Well, outside of hockey, I mean, what do you? What keeps Ryland Thiessen busy? I mean, what
4: are what are sort of your hobbies uh, when you're when you're away from the rink? Uh, well, in the summer and early here, I golfed quite a bit. Probably golfed eight or nine times here, and then, bill of kids, got three kids at home, so usually wait for them <laughs> as they get home from school, play with them for a while, hang out. Watch Bachelor once a week with the guys. Uh yeah, not a
1: whole lot. I'm always fascinated by the team building things that that happen away from the rink and you're the second feature guest on the podcast to talk about Bachelor Night. Yeah. What what's that experience like?
4: Uh I don't know. It's kind of fun. A lot of drama going around. The guys live for some drama on T V shows. So we always pick our favorites at the start and kind of see who ends up last we're getting down to about the final four here soon so should be nice think we're going to watch it tonight we might have to miss it on tuesday on the road trip so hopefully my guy ends up winning this is
2: not the first team i've worked for that's had guys who crowd around to watch bachelor i mean where does it come from i've never really been into it myself i like how are a bunch of teenagers so into the bachelor
4: yeah i don't know like it's kind of just been with every team i've been with like even or camps when he built at our house like me him and my sister would watch every single Tuesday night (laughs) bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise like we'd watch every single one and I don't know it's just kind of been a thing I guess maybe it's just hockey guys or whatever but yeah it's just a fun thing to get around and together and watch it yeah,
1: this weekend,
4: uh, you got a home and home with, uh, with Moose Jaw coming up.
1: Those home and homes, they're, uh, they're tough. And Moose Jaw's a team that, you know, being a former guy in Brandon, a team that you've seen plenty of, you know, uh, your, your thoughts on this, uh, this weekend's
4: matchup. Yeah, obviously, they're kind of like us. They're a young, highly skilled team. Uh, I think if we just play our game, uh, we should be good. Yeah. Um, Uh, i know a couple guys hunts obviously their captain a couple other brand and local guys so um you know i'm excited to play off against them and uh give them all we got
2: you mentioned hunt uh, being their captain of course and your former d partner at the u18 level as well i mean do you try and not talk to the guy leading up to the game so you can kind of get more focused and uh, try and pick up a victory to rub in his face a little bit
4: yeah i think so uh if it comes about after i like to talk to anybody as i can but yeah before the game i kind of just Uh, stick to myself, stick to my teammates, and uh, worry about the game. Right on. Hey, thanks so much for uh, making
1: your way down to this end of the rink and for joining us today, man. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys very much for having me out. Our feature guest, Rylan Thiessen on the Broncos This Week podcast.
0: You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16 the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. A big
1: thanks to interim head coach Devin Pratt and 20-year-old defenseman Ryland Thiessen for joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman wrapping things up after a uh, Manitoba roadie for the Broncos and uh, the Manitoba road trip was tough but uh, the two games before it, uh, that was some enjoyable hockey here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex.
2: Yeah, just an amazing game against Winnipeg coming back from down 2-0 and 3-2 to tie it up. Unfortunate late, late power play goal ended up being in the the difference for Winnipeg and then just honestly just a great game almost start to finish for the Broncos against uh, Saskatoon the very next night always feels extra sweet beating Saskatoon I gotta say so that was a fun one Broncos uh, back on home ice have certainly had some more success uh, at home than they have on the road so hoping being back here uh, at the Iplex for a game on Friday night against uh, an old rival in Moose Jaw turns out to be uh, a good result as well Yeah you know what it's always entertaining in some way shape or form whenever Moose Jaw is in town what do we know about that team this year? They got some high-end talent. I mean, they still have guys like Ryder Korzak, who was drafted by uh, the New York Rangers uh, back in the summer. Uh, Damon Hunt, of course, a Minnesota Wild draft pick. Uh, They will be missing Braden Yeager, uh, who was a high pick in the 2020 WHL draft. He was in the hub with them and was excellent, but he's at the uh, Capital City Challenge for the U-17 event for Hockey Canada in Ottawa, so he will not be here this weekend. One of their better players. I think he's got 10 goals already this season, so... Uh, Musha is going to be missing one of their high-end offensive guys, but uh, still some very dangerous players on that team. Korczak's a guy who can kind of take over a game by himself. So um, going to be an exciting one. Uh, Broncos split the season series with them in the hub last year. So looking forward to seeing what uh, chapter one of a new season series brings.
1: We were talking off microphone just before we started rolling this about the upcoming WHL Bantam Draft. You know, as COVID forced certain things to be rescheduled, an unusual but intriguing situation with the Bantam Draft happening in December this time around.
2: Yeah and it's it's kids who are playing at the U18 level right now normally of course it's the guys who are just finishing up their U15 uh, career so you get a chance to see how these guys are performing against older players as opposed to guys in their own age group and you wonder if that changes um, you know the way scouts look at a player they might have thought that hey this guy was so dominant at the U15 level but he's kind of struggling here at the U18 level and you wonder if that might change some, some draft lists uh, come two weeks from the time we're recording this it's kind of crazy I think it's only two weeks away but uh, it's going to be a big day for Swift Current. I mean, they got the sixth and seventh overall picks. Uh, the seventh pick was Portland, the one that came in the Joel Hofer trade from uh, a decade ago, it feels like. But uh, a big night for the Broncos, a big day coming up for the Broncos, I should say. Really excited to see what uh, Chad Leslie and uh, the scouting group uh, end up doing uh, come draft day. Right on uh, tomorrow night's Moose Jaw Warriors are in town.
1: Friday night action and party night with Saskatchewan Rough Rider DJ Tolly T joining us to uh, to provide the musical entertainment for, for that contest. Contest. All right, a big thanks once again to Rylan Thiessen and interim head coach Devin Pratt. That'll do it for another edition of the Broncos
0: This Week podcast. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.